start. This is weird. I don't like this. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back from you. Today we are discussing the first episode of the first season called The Nigerian Job. Beth, what did you think? Oh boy, I have some things to say. <laughs> where, where do you want to start? This episode. Yeah. It feels like there is four episodes worth of content. In the one episode? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I made a note when we got to five and a half minutes. Yeah. Because I was shocked. It already felt like you'd watched, like, half the episode. I felt like I'd seen the entire episode already Mm -hmm. at that point. By ten minutes, I was like, how long is this episode? Yeah. Because what else could possibly happen? Yeah. It's insane. And I have many questions. Well, go for it. Okay. Like, let's, let's discuss your questions. Okay. Well, where do I even want to fucking start? This is what I feel like every single time. Okay. I'm, I'm going to start from the top because okay. I took this note straight away. Now, I, is it Nathan? Yeah. Who's the, like, he's kind of the main character. The mastermind. It feels like he's yeah. the main character. Right. He's sitting at a bar. Yep. It's the, in, it's the, the intro yep. to the show. He's sitting at an empty bar, judging mm-hmm. by the emptiness of the bar yep. And, like, the, I think the bartender says, like, the time, but I can't remember what it was. But it's, like, like, the middle of the day. Yeah. He's yeah. he's sitting there and he's drinking. Now, he is at a bar. Yeah. Bars serve alcohol. They do. He has ordered a drink. Yep. The bartender gives him the drink, presumably containing alcohol. Yep. And this man pulls out a secret tiny bottle of alcohol. Yep. To add to his alcohol. Bro, you're at a bar. Yeah. Just order extra alcohol. You don't need to have a secret small alcohol that lives in your pocket to add to the alcohol. Like, you you are paying... That that drink is overpriced anyway. Just add an extra shot. It becomes way more overpriced when you add extra shots. Oh, dude. Like, I don't think you understand how it's... You don't drink, so I don't think you understand how expensive (laughs) alcohol is at bars. Okay, but, like, surely it would have cost him enough to, like, buy that tiny little bottle. Like, is it really worth having... Why did he buy the drink in the first place when he could have just drunk the little bottle? I don't know. It's confusing. Um, But then, same scene. I took so many notes. Of that Immediately. This fucking dude who ends Mm -hmm. up being the, like, evil guy. I can't remember what he was called. Dubinich. Sorry? Dubinich? Yeah, I can't pronounce that. Victor Dubinich. Victor. I'll call him Victor. I can say that. So... That's really weird because, like, throughout the episode, they just refer to him as Dibenich. I don't remember that. <laughs> so, Victor, right, yeah. shows up to the bar and he seems like a very nervous man. Yeah. And, like, within – this is within the first minute. Yeah. This man has appeared mm-hmm. and is, like, trying to get Nathan mm-hmm. to, like, do this whatever yeah. thing. I have so many questions. First of all, how does this man have so much money to splash? Yeah. That becomes obvious because he's yeah. very high up playing mm-hmm. designer man. Yeah. Um – He tells him that his, like, fucking secretary or whatever, like, stole and ran away with the plans and gave them to the... His um, chief engineer or whatever. Yeah, and had given them to the opposition. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, that's bad. But he said he knew that because the opposition had revealed identical plans. Now, he wants those plans back so that he can take them to a board meeting? Does it not... Sir, would it not be suspicious... For you. Like, if your opposition has already already launched your plans, do you not think it would look a bit sus if you then showed up to your board meeting after the fact with those same plans? Would it not just look like 
you had just copied the opposition's plans. Like, so I, I don't understand what he's trying to achieve. The thing here is I think it's not a matter of they've revealed the plans. It's they've revealed their, like, they've revealed that they're releasing a short-haul domestic airliner. The opposition has announced that they're building new short-haul domestic airliners. They haven't released the plans yet. Okay. They've just released because what they're releasing. I so like, like... <laughs> having, they can't, they haven't released the plans, so no one's going to look and go, oh, those are identical plans. Okay. They're going to say right. those are the same product. Because I was like, what do you, you yeah. may as well just take a photo of their plans and bring it to the meeting. Yeah. It'll look just as credible yeah. anyway. <laughs> no, I think it's like the, the other one has like, They've announced plans to release this plane, but they haven't announced, like, the actual plans themselves. Yeah. Um, the last note I had on this scene. Okay. And I wrote it in all caps. Yeah. How badly do you want to screw over the company that let your son die? Yeah. It's not even been five minutes. Yeah. And what the fuck? Like, we know nothing about this man yeah. except he's a day drinker. Yeah. And is susceptible to lies. I, <laughs> what is going on? Also, those two things are directly linked. <laughs> like, he is a day drinker and he then will believe the lies because he's drunk. Drunk. Yeah. I am so confused because we know nothing about this character yeah. at all. We barely know yeah. his name. Mm-hmm. The only thing we know is what this strange man has told yeah. us and the fact that he has secret high, tiny alcohol. Yeah. That's it. And... To be honest, by the end of the episode, I don't know anything else. <laughs> like, it's it's very clear that he's he's kind of framed as like the main character because yeah. he's like the glue that's holding everyone yeah. together. But I know nothing about him. They bring up the dead son three times, yeah. and I still understand nothing. Like, there's this one scene where I think he's having like a heart to heart with Elliot, mm-hmm. and he's like having like well, a- Elliot's trying to have a heart to heart with him, and he's, he's like, like shutting it down because he's a man. But yeah. anyway, we. <laughs> We get this flashback to a hospital and he looks... <laughs> it's so funny. I'm sorry. I get that it's supposed to be heartbreaking. Yeah. But he looks like he just stepped out of a shower. He's yeah. sweating so much. And he's like hard breathing. And, the and then the child dying. And that scene is so goddamn bad. It's horrifying. Yeah. It's like he's dramatically leaning up against this like fucking glass door like he's a damn male model. And <laughs> it's... It's terrible. I was like, this is so funny. It's immediately lost yeah. all gravitas. Yeah. <laughs> like it's... It's a sh- it was shocking. Look, when I say it's a very different vibe to Supernatural, like I wasn't <laughs> lying. It's but, just as bad in a really different way. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> but I like I'm not gonna say like it is the, the pinnacle of TV. No, but I really enjoy it because it is bad in that. Like it's very it's kind of corny. It's kind of cheesy. It's yeah. like it, it, it's. It's like a bad Christmas movie. Like you don't watch it because it's good. You watch it because like. There's something satisfying in your soul. Like, you know? Yeah. No, I just... Particularly, I think... I've What I've done is I've really jumped in with the thing that anno- annoyed me probably most about this pilot episode. Yeah. And I'll grant it, it's a pilot. So yeah. it's not going to be amazing. It's Very rarely do you have a pilot of a TV show that is outstanding. And personally, I would say it's a better pilot than the Supernatural TV. I would disagree. But I think that's just because we have different preferences mm. in media. Nathan's character makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. They give almost no context as to mm-hmm. who he is. You kind of vaguely learn that he was involved with an insurance company who then refused to finance his son's medical bills. Yeah. That's kind of it. I know nothing else about him. And somehow he's like, for some reason, 
this dude randomly contacts him to run a, a heist job, which makes no fucking sense. So they do actually talk about this in the first episode. The reason that Victor Dubinich hires Nathan is to supervise the other thieves. And yeah. the reason he specifically targets Nate Ford is because he was an insurance investigator who retired from the job when they refused to finance when the, the company refused to like basically killed the son by not paying yeah. for the treatment because there's a whole bunch of factors etc. Yeah. The reason he was chosen is because in his career, he had a long and storied career, and they do give a bit of context to this in the pilot episode, specifically in the heart-to-heart scene with Elliot, where he's like, you should have kept one of those Monets you found. Yeah. He was a very prevalent insurance investigator who recovered a lot of missing and stolen art. And the way he recovered most of his art was by running games on people okay by running cons by i feel like that aspect is not immediately obvious like the fact that he was involved with like theft and stuff is because he was working in insurance the fact that he had previous experience actually running these jobs i was so confused the entire episode i was like how the fuck is this man how is he doing what he's doing with no experience i was like how is he just magically so good at running a con job i like it was not immediate and bearing in mind like i'm watching this knowing that i'm gonna have to do a podcast on it yeah i don't know if it was just because i watched it on like the night of christmas and i had been out all day and up to 1 a.m the night but, before like, and they, but, they do actually say like that he has run jobs like this before he's like yeah you, but i think hardinson at one point says oh you want to run a game on this guy and he goes well yeah that's how i got all of my stolen art back like yeah but even then like i just i feel like if i'm imagining what an actual IRL insurance investigator yeah. does. Not realistic at all. No. Yeah, like I was like, you're an insurance investigator. Yeah. That what? How the fuck are you running this? Yeah. You know, job and because they run it, he runs it immaculately as well. It kind of, I was expecting like that dynamic where he's working with these like hardened criminals. Mm-hmm. I guess well, that's yeah. probably not the right term, but you know what I mean. Yeah. They have a lot of experience, and they're, he's they're kind of learning the ropes. Yeah through it but that was not what it was at all mm. so i don't know if it was just like i was not expecting it and but i like it was not obvious to me um which is i was just so confused i also feel like this time. is the same boat that we get put in a lot where you're like oh yeah this character is like this and like i'm like yeah well i didn't get that yeah yeah, yeah. it's like i have so many notes where it's just like nathan's character makes no sense like seriously who the fuck is he also i like Personally, for me, Nathan's like Nathan Ford is like probably my least favorite of the crew. Yeah, he also because that was the other thing I was gonna say. Like, he's clearly supposed to be the main character, but I also think he's immediately the least interesting. Yeah, like they keep kind of forcing this like dead kid backstory yeah. on him, and I'm like, I don't care. I think which he sounds gets, horrible, but I don't. He gets much more interesting at the end of the first season because we meet certain characters from his like his life before he became. Yeah who he is now, and I think those characters sort of make him more interesting because they're really interesting, okay. if that makes sense. Like, so he's, like, interesting by association. Yes. He is the most boring fucking character I've <laughs> ever seen. I do – personally, I'm not a fan of Nathan Ford. I I think he has a very important role within the show, but also I just – I don't think he's a very interesting character. He kind of plays, like um, – oh, God, what's that series that Keanu Reeves is in? Not um, – 
The Matrix. John Wick. John Wick. He yeah. feels like a knockoff John Wick. Yeah. Like, that's the vibe that I get. Like, I feel like this man would also be overly attached to a dog. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Although, 100%. to be fair, same. Hmm. Um, I would also go on a murder yeah. spree if someone hurt my dog. So. Yes, for legal reasons, that's a joke. However, <laughs> if anything happened to Arlo, I'd kill everyone in this room. And, and then <laughs> Literally, yeah. Did you want to, I could just keep ranting, but I feel like you should take over for a minute. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like your ending's pretty good. Like, let's move on from Nate. Let's maybe move and let's go, like, cause we got introduced to the five characters this episode. Yeah. Like, there are five, five characters. Main characters that we're going to know. Cause they are all in like the entire series. Like they, none of these are just random recurring characters in the first episode. They're all like. We'll keep them around. We'll keep them around. Sure. I want to specifically ask Elliot's probably a good place to start. Cause he's. A fandom favorite character. Like, yeah, a lot of I people can see why he is the favorite character, and I think specifically, I do want to talk about the scene in which Nate is like, "Use Hardison as bait," and Hardison's like, "I don't even know what you do." And then it's preceded yeah. by possibly one of the worst scenes I've ever seen. Yeah, and it's I love horrific. it so much. <laughs> but like, also, I love it so goddamn much. Where the bag's dropping for oh, an unusually long amount of time, and he's just beating all these guys up. Okay. I have a couple of notes on this yeah. scene. First of all, the line about use Hardison as bait, iconic. I yeah. love that. The pose Hardison is holding <laughs> as the bag drops, hilarious. Objectively, so fucking funny. Yeah. I It was gold. <laughs> I detested yeah. the scene with him actually fighting yeah. people. And do you know what? I actually hated the introduction scene for him as well, mm-hmm. where he like shot all, shot all those fucking people while holding a mug. To get a bloody sports card. Like, I know that men are but weird the, about sports. The key there, though, is he never fired a gun. How do you know that? How do you know that? You don't see anything that happens in the damn building. Oh, he says later that he doesn't like guns. Yes. And it is like an established character trait for him, even from this first episode where he says he doesn't like guns, where he does not use guns. Just, like he, it, 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 is, it is like a massive character moment if he uses a gun. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. Because I was like, how the fuck did he do that? Yeah. But now that I know he didn't use a gun, yeah. I'm even more like, how the fuck did he do that? My only theory is that he is a secret vampire because he moved so quickly. I was yeah. like, he is either the Flash or he is a Cullen. Yeah. There's no other option. It's inhuman. Mm. It's not possible, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just not. So there you go. That's my theory. He is the Flash. Okay. But outside of those two scenes, I did enjoy his character. Yeah. And I would, I will say, with maybe one exception, I do think the acting so far is relatively good. I will say, though, as the season goes on, they work out who their characters are a lot better. And mm-hmm. I think, for me, my least favourite part about this pilot episode is some of, like, the character choices they make. Yeah. Like, not to get too, like, spoilery adjacent for you, Elliot's character stays pretty consistent. Yeah. But, like, Parker changes significantly, Hardison changes significantly, and so does Sophie. Nate gets better simply because you learn more about him. It's like that whole, like, he gets more interesting because he's around interesting people. Sure. Okay. And, like, it makes more sense as it goes on because you, you sort of learn more about him. Yeah. So, like, some of the things in the pilot that you were like, I just don't understand this, like, you do get answers for that. Oh, good. Like, they don't just leave it completely, like... Yeah. The only issue I have with acting, other than the, like, the part where his son is dying and he's just, like, deep breathing against a glass wall... um, Oh, you see more of that scene later, and I think the acting is 
better, not better with context. Not good in that scene, but it's better when you see the extended version of that scene. Okay, sure. Like, I think that first bit is really weird, but, like, I do think, like... <laughs> with context and stuff, it's... You get, you get more of that scene. Like, it okay. flashes back to that scene a couple of times. Um, oh, I, I can't And each time wait. <laughs> you see, like, a different snippet of that scene. Okay. The other piece of particularly atrocious yeah. acting mm-hmm. that stands out to me, and I don't know what was... Yeah going on in anyone's head yeah. in the writing yeah. the acting yeah. the directing yeah. the editing mm-hmm. i that one bit where piper piper parker just says ha singular yeah. no dead silence in the rest of the room yeah. no one said anything funny well here that's the thing it, like her a lot of her characterization is based on the fact that she's othered like she's been othered by society her entire life Okay. And they demonstrate that even in the first flashback scene where you get a little bit... When she blows up her parents! <laughs> Which I do have a question about that scene. And that yeah, is... I have a lot of questions about that <laughs> where scene. Where the hell did, like, an eight-year-old get fucking explosive? Pyrotechnics? Like, yeah. did she just turn on, like, the gas stove top or something and then, like, light the... She... She... Oh, my goodness. We'll circle back yeah, to that. Yeah, we will be coming back to that. <laughs> um, but, um... The whole point of Parker as a character is, like, she doesn't get the joke she doesn't understand so like the line before i don't remember the exact line i probably should have written it down Mm -hmm. but the line before is something that could be considered vaguely ironic yeah and so she thinks it's a joke i just no one else thinks it's a joke but for her that's the moment where like the like funny ironic thing has like clicked in her brain and she just she has no real filter she's a character who is really heavily like autistic coded okay and she remains so for the entire season. I yeah. do think it gets better, though, as okay. they establish her as a character. Because I can appreciate having a character who, like, is autistic or, like, having yeah. those traits. I can appreciate that. But it's not clear that that's what they're yes. going for. And that scene was just so weird. I don't know what happened in the minute after that because I was so confused by her one. Like, and it would have made more sense if there was, like, a continued laugh. Yeah. But it was literally just, I literally just wrote H-A in all caps. Yeah. And that was, <laughs> that was my note because, you know, and like there was no, like, they didn't show anyone else like looking at her. Mm. Like, no one acknowledged the noise either. It was just a dead silent room. Yeah. And then they just continued on the conversation. And I was like, what happened there? It was very confusing for me. Okay. Like, to circle it back a little bit, because I think it's probably appropriate to whack it Put in it here. Put it now. Put it in here. Um, what did you think of. A, Parker as a character, and B, Parker's backstory that they establish in this episode. I would just like to quickly clarify that clearly um, there is a John Winchester in this series, and his name is Phil. Yeah. (laughs) And he's a dick. Yeah, but instead of doing the Sam Winchester thing and not shooting her father, she just straight up murders him. Okay, yeah, but she also blew up her mum. Yeah. And her mum... Seemed like she didn't deserve to be blown up. But also she's like literally a child. So I, here's the thing. So Parker, Nate was my least favorite character. Mm -hmm. Parker is my second least. And my reasoning for that is I have a few. So one, I feel like, and actually this kind of rings true for all of the characters, but I feel like particularly with Parker and Mm -hmm. Nate, we're given like information about a relatively tragic backstory. Mm -hmm. And then we know nothing else. And I find it strange that within the first episode Mm -hmm. of a brand new series, we're immediately finding out 
these backstories, but we're finding them out with like zero fucking context. Yeah. We're finding them out with like no build up and mm-hmm. like I mean, granted it is just the first episode, but yeah. no follow through either. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like finding out that she killed her parents at what age, like nine or ten. Yeah. Is something we maybe find out like season two. Yeah. Once we already know the character. Like, or maybe like maybe if they had shown an explosion in her youth and like tied that into something, and then you it's a reveal later yeah. that actually she made the explosion. Yeah. I feel like to do it off the bat is like it feels comedic almost. Yeah. I will note though that actually while I talk about it as if she killed her parents, like there's no I don't think they ever actually confirmed that her parents were in fact in the house. Well, I mean, you kind when, of have to assume they are. Yeah. Because she walks out with why, the rabbit. Which is why I sort of, like, talk about it as if she did. But, like, there is actually no... Canonical. Canonical answer as to whether or not her parents died in that explosion. Okay. Because we do, we do know that her parents are dead. Yeah. Because there is a line later on that confirms that at least her father is dead. Like, actually, no, it's not even that later on. I think it's in, like, the sixth episode of the season. It's, like, episode four. So it's relatively early on. Yeah, it's. I, I know. I know exactly what episode it's in. I just don't want to like spoil it. Yeah. Um, for you, because I know the title of the episode. I don't mm. remember exactly the number. I know it's like they only do sixteen seasons uh, episodes per season. Yeah. So I know it's like mid season. Yes, yeah. like somewhere in between, like two and eight, <laughs> like somewhere in there. Yeah. No. Okay. So I, I just want to point out at this point when she's just blown up her parents yeah. as a child. Mm-hmm. We are only five and a half minutes into the yep. episode. It's mm-hmm. a 40-minute episode. Yep. So fucking much happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, while we're still on Parker, I sorry, I just realised we were talking about why I didn't like her. Um, or at least not why, not why I didn't like her, but why she was not one of my favourite introductions. Yeah. Is that I feel like her character, and again, granted, it is the pilot. Yep. So I'll cut it some slack. slack. Yeah. She does things that are impractical. She's running the job when when they're like doing the heist or whatever. Yeah. And she takes her hair out of the cap. Yeah. Why? Like it was already tied back. Why would you then take it out to continue doing the job? Like just keep it up. Maybe and then, her head just got hot. I mean, maybe, but well, like, otherwise, I just boil it down to like TV show. Yeah. It, it Pretty just, female character, gotta have your head hair down. Yeah, and it, it just seems silly to me that they would have it up yeah. initially, only to take it out. I will say, like as you've mentioned with like Supernatural before, like one of the things that does annoy me a little bit about Leverage and specifically Parker's character is there are scenes where I'm like, in the pilot they had her, you know, tie her hair back when she's originally breaking in, so that it yeah. didn't set off any senses. Mm-hmm. And then they have scenes later on where she's like navigating laser grids yeah. and shit with her hair down, yeah. and, like. Yeah, and the other thing that I was going to like say... Like, you knew it in the pilot, and, like, I, I can forgive her for taking it off when she's finished, like, the physical bit, and she's just sort of yeah. there at the computer. Sure. But, like... I still, like... Yeah. But, like, it seems there are scenes later on, and I'm like, seriously, like, you're not even going to tie your hair back for that. Well, the thing that... What annoyed me more than that was the scene in the elevator where she just runs in and takes her shirt off. Mm. Not that, because I understand she's getting changed, and yeah. I understand the, like... They don't have a lot of time. Yeah. They have, like, until like, the elevator reaches the bottom Sure. Floor. The bit that gets me is she's not wearing a bra. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Yeah, that I think that's just, like, gross 2005 vibes. Yeah. Like, I was like, like what? I will say she's this running! On, I will say this on behalf of the Leverage pilot. At least... It doesn't have the same level of misogyny as a supernatural pilot. Yeah, they didn't burn any women they on the ceiling. They didn't burn any women on the ceiling. They didn't blow one up. 
Yeah. But that's <laughs> only implied and not confirmed. Yeah, no, I... So that's probably why. So it's actually nothing to do with, I guess, the character themselves. It's just the portrayal Yeah. of... Like, it makes no sense that a character who is doing, like, fucking somersaults yeah. across a desk would be doing that hair down, no bra. Yeah. Like... And then actually the episode, the episode, the scene where they're in the elevator as well. Where the fuck did they get all of those props? Like the walking stick and the fucking leg cast and the... They're in the duffel bag. Okay, but they hadn't planned on getting out that way. They only had to go out that way. That's the whole point. They had planned on... That was plan G. Because in the elevator, Hardison says, oh, so we're going to plan B. And Nate goes, oh, no, we're going to plan G. So, basically, they knew that, like, the whole point of Nate is that he looks at the plan and he plans, like, two dozen backup plans for that plan for anything going wrong. So, they Mm. knew one of the things that could go wrong is they could be caught and have to, like, their exit could be compromised in some way through the roof. And they would have to find a way to con their way past the front security guard. All right. That makes more sense. Yes. Because, like... I was looking at that, and my thing is that if you're doing a job like this, surely you don't want to be carrying around a random giant duffel bag if you don't, like, need to. Like, it just seems like it's an unnecessary extra thing to have to worry about maneuvering and, like, not forgetting and, like, all these things. So, like, yeah, okay. Like, that makes sense, but I don't know. It it feels a little bit – it kind of lowers the stakes because they are so prepared. It Like, it feels like they'll never get – caught like it, it does sort of remove some of the tension mm. of like oh what if someone yeah like oh no now they can't it's like oh we've immediate we've already solved the problem before it was even a problem yeah do you know what i mean like there's no like thinking on your feet i think because you've only seen the first episode yeah you're not really Granted. getting you've also got to remember like when victor Dominich first hires nate he's going through the team and a parker is the only one that nate's like well she's fucking crazy why would yeah. <laughs> like, they all, they all work alone, but she's crazy. Yeah. Um, the one thing that Nate says is, they're the best. Yeah. Because Dominic goes, is there somebody better? And mm. Nate goes, well, no. No. So you've got to remember, like, they are competent. They, that yeah. is one of the core aspects of every single character on this team. Yeah. I think what's interesting is that usually you come into a show like this and you mm. learn with the characters. Mm-hmm. And this show you come in and it's like they already know everything and you as the audience yeah. member are just, like, catching up. Yeah. And so I think that's why, like, it feels so – I'm kind of like, okay, but that came out of yeah. nowhere. Like, how the fuck do you know how to do that? How the fuck is yeah. – that doesn't make sense. How are you – like, because they know what they're doing. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And I feel like because this whole episode is so fast paced, things just keep happening, happening. and happening yeah. and happening and happening. I'm like, I don't even remember this character's name, yeah. let alone understand how we got from point A to point, point B. B. Like, <laughs> And I know I've been comparing it to the Supernatural pilot a lot, but I think the Supernatural pilot almost had the opposite problem. Was- Instead of showing us a whole bunch of shit and like hoping that you figured out what was happening from the context clues, it was like, we're going to show you almost nothing and just explain everything over to you like a dozen times. Like, I think, so it's really interesting because, of course, like Supernatural is a show that you know and love mm. through and through. You really, you quite, you quite enjoy the pilot of Supernatural. Whereas I much prefer the Leverage pilot simply because there is, there's so much there. You can, you're getting so much information yeah. shown to you in such a short amount of time. And then I think the second episode does a really good job of like, building on that and I think that's the hardest thing for me because like 
when I watched it, the series was already over. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I, like, I binge-watched it the first time I watched it. I so I just jumped straight to the second one. Because there are enough character elements that I loved to, like, override all the bits that I was like, what the fuck are they doing? I think the thing for me is, like, because it all happens so quickly, I feel like there's no payoff. Yeah. Because there's no build-up. Mm. Like... There is no, we don't see like even a montage of them coming up with a plan. It's just, they're just doing the plan. And so then when it, they Mm. they do the plan, I'm like, okay, cool. Mm. I I was not in, I wasn't invested. I didn't give a shit. I'm like, like, okay. You do see a little bit of them like in the planning stages. For like the second For the second half of the episode. Yeah. But even that is very limited. And that's because they put the first sort of mini heist at the start. Yeah. Um, And I do think that is one thing that this episode suffers from. Mm. I think they probably should have done a two-parter introduction pilot episode. And done the first half and end it with the betrayal of Victor Dubinich. And then... Pick it up. Pick it up when they... Like basically from the point that Nate goes, let's go steal a Sophie. And the cast goes... Who the fuck is Sophie? Yeah. No, I, specifically. I, I agree. Because, honestly... I think it does suffer from shoving too much into the... I'm, like, watching it and I'm, like, I like I don't know... I don't know any of these characters yeah. beyond their, like, first names and their weird exposition backstories. Mm. I don't give a shit about what they're doing because it's been ten minutes. Yeah. And now it, it kind of felt like I'm supposed to be celebrating some achievement, mm. but I'm, like... I don't. I barely understand what you've achieved yeah. <laughs> because there was no. Yeah, it it just felt like there was no. The payoff was so small because there was no yeah. build up. Yeah, you know. I think honestly, I genuinely, I think my biggest complaint is that the pacing in this episode was insane. Yeah, it's just this, 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 yeah. this, this, this. There is no moment to relax. The no. only moment you get to relax is the sort of heart to heart between Elliot and Nate and even that is like another fucking flashback scene to the dying son yeah. and it's like you just don't get a moment to even comprehend yeah what you've just witnessed mm. it's just like oh she blew up her parents next scene this it feels very much like somebody was like like the creator Dean Neville and he was like I have this idea and like you know when you have like a new story idea and you just yeah. like info dump to your friend yeah, yeah. and you're like and this and this it does kind of feel like that in terms of the pacing yeah. and how much information they shoved in this first episode yeah and like oh granted it doesn't feel it doesn't feel um like it flows yes like the actual the actual structure yeah. is good it's just that it's, as soon as you sit back and think about it you're like oh my god how much shit did they shove in there well not even as soon as you finish literally i was like how has it only been five and a half minutes yeah and then by 10 minutes they finished the first heist i was and like, you're like what are they going to do with the other half five an minutes ago four and a half minutes ago you hadn't even met yeah and now you've finished this heist job where it looks like they break into the fucking matrix yeah which is hilarious okay yeah. so they break into this room it looks like the matrix yeah. it's and just then, a general server uh, room and then he downloads the like files or whatever and deletes them and then on the screen it just looks like microsoft word with like word art yeah <laughs> being like no files found yeah yeah but yeah. i will say this has the same issue that supernatural has and that is 2005 technology yeah uh so like a lot of it looks really dated and i think even from like the second episode it gets better like yeah. The jump to be fair, budgeting. Once you yeah. once you've aired your pilot, oh, if you get actual funding, yeah. Yeah, I think like it looks so much more like. I think one of the reasons I have such an issue with all the really clunky like two thousand five technology is Hardison is meant to be a genius with technology. Mm. 
Why is Nate wearing like the like the Bluetooth headsets? I know. Especially considering there is the exposition line in the first bit where it's like bone conduction earpiece, we can hear everything. And it's like you've already established that like the earpieces have a microphone built in. Uh And then he's wearing the big chunky Bluetooth. Oh god. Well it's like I tell you what, I did have a note about uh this sexual tension between you and the person putting in your earpiece. What the fuck was that scene? Yeah. So unnecessary. Partisan in the wheelie chair, which is just like kind of going. I did love that moment. I did love that. I'm Um, very curious though. Who is your favorite character just from the pilot? Hardison. Hardison. Okay. Immediately. I I am glad to tell you that Hardison gets better. He drops a lot of like the it's total VH1, bruv, like that sort of thing. Yeah. That voice goes. Okay, because... It's only in the pilot. Like, you know how by the end of the pilot, he sounds much more normal? Mm. And that's because, like... He's been socialised? <laughs> yeah. And also, it's a... Uh, a lot of that is, like, his bravado really early yeah. on. Of, like, he's really young, he's really cocky, he's canonically the youngest member of the team. I think, yeah, he's only, like, 24 or something in the pilot. Mm-hmm. But he's, like, incredibly young and cocky and, like... He's I my think- favourite, yeah. I think, because he reminds me of Dean. It's just hit me now, but I was about to give you a list of reasons why I like his character, and I was like, oh, it's why I like season one, Dean. Like, he is cocky, but he's cocky in the way he's like, he knows he's that good, that he can be cocky, and he's not setting himself up for failure. And, like, he's got the, like, humour, including, like, the physical humour, but also he's got, like, some one-liners. And also, like, he's, like, proves that he's capable and, Also, he is, like... You know, I remember last episode in the pre-thoughts, you were like, oh, this is going to be more like puns versus like creepy mm. one-liners prop, pop culture yeah. references. Hardison brings all of the pop culture references. Yeah, exactly. There are numerous, including Hardison's introduction flashback, which I think is my favourite of all the introduction flashbacks, mm. other than Sophie's. I think Sophie's is my favourite because that is batshit in the best possible way. Like... Nate running yeah. in. Wanker. <laughs> her shooting Nate, Nate shooting her, her just going wanker and fades to black that moment that moment really uh reminded me of uh jamila jamil's um tahani Tahani. yeah Yeah, from the good place which is another iconic uh show but like you know the oh mick jacket all the credit card numbers checked out and then they walk in and it's like a whole bunch of girls and like start wash costumes and he goes this is not the room you're You're looking looking for." for yeah so i think I think that's why I like yeah. he feels familiar mm-hmm. and I, it literally I didn't realize why until right like a minute ago but I think that is what it is he feels familiar and I I understand that for me he kind of yeah. feels like Dean Winchester if Dean Winchester didn't have a shitty upbringing <laughs> like yeah. if Dean Winchester had gone into foster care which <laughs> Is a whole thing to John, which this is not the Supernatural podcast. Watch it become. Watch it become the Supernatural podcast as we draw parallels. Um, and this is why, like, a lot of people are, like, crossover fan. Do you see why yeah, there's a lot of crossover fanfic between, yeah. like, Leverage and Supernatural? Absolutely see it. The reason, I think, is, like, you know, if Dean had gone into foster care, had a supportive family, and, like, his love of technology and building things... Mm-hmm. Had been nurtured. Had been of... nurtured instead of cut off because it's not something that's really useful when hunting demons. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably where it is. Like, Hardison 
is Dean without a lot of the trauma. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. He still has, like, all of these characters have trauma. Like, yeah. let's, let's face the reality. It's Dean if he was raised by Bobby. Oh, my God. You don't even know how, like, accurate that is. <laughs> and See, isn't that the best moment? <laughs> it's really, yeah, it's really interesting because, it, like, you kind of are right. Like, if Dean had managed to have a stable upbringing where, like, monsters and supernatural things weren't the thing, mm-hmm. he would probably be at least kind of, like, maybe not, like, hacker genius extraordinaire, but he would probably be at least a kind of, like, in terms of personality, like, Harnison. Mm. Like, kind of a massive nerd, but more focused on, like, the practical yeah you know like building shit sort of elements of it because yeah. like you most see it a fix, little bit most fix put him as a mechanic you see it a little bit in this episode but like hardison hardison builds everything for the team Ooh, that's fun like i would love to see him do robotics but um, like the earbuds he says in the first episode like i've got something nicer because he built them himself mm, like yeah. so their comms that they use that's what they refer to them as their earpieces their comms they are Made by Hardison. Okay. See, I think Hardison is my favourite, and then I think Elliot. Yeah. Um, and Sophie's middle of the pack, then Sof- Parker, Hart, Nate. Nate, yeah. No, no, I don't think Nate is anyone's favourite. I think he's I a really... I shocked if he was. He's just... He feels like nothing. Yeah. He feels like, like I said, what I could say earlier, like a... a he's the Sam Reeves. of the group. Or a plot device. He kind of is, though. Because, like, his entire story is he's angry because he's son died sam's entire story so is he's like angry Keanu because Reeves. his mum and his <laughs> girlfriend died like yeah um i did have a question that's like a genuine question did they seriously not do any fucking background research before they just did this job because they do they do a basic background check but like they didn't dig deep enough into what they were stealing is probably a more yeah. accurate one because they looked at victor Domenech and they found Nothing, because yeah. Victor Dubanich has no history of criminal activity. He's never been implicated in anything like this before. They just didn't do the research to realise, oh, actually... Yeah, exactly. And and also, but, yeah. But then it turns out that Victor did do his research, and yeah. he knew exactly what the fuck was going on. And then he tries to kill them, and... I, I don't understand why Nate, like, they're holding up the roller door. So, I sorry, I've jumped scenes. But yeah, like, he's like, he's, he's, he's rolled it up. He's hitting the button so that the roller door goes up so they can get out. Yeah. Why is he just standing there? Like, the door is open enough yeah. that they the can others have all yeah. gotten out. And he's just standing there like he's waiting for it to get to his head height. I'm like, dude. I think it's just the drama. <laughs> just get out. The other thing I will say that's always confused me about that scene is, like, he's in the building, but the building, like, thoroughly blows up i know and then he wakes up and it appears like he's still in the building yeah like, did he get out and then get knocked out because he was closest to the blast and then like air elliot carried him to like an adjacent warehouse oh. or like was he still in the like warehouse and was it not that much of an issue and like he survived the fire with like nothing but a bit of not an injury <laughs> like <laughs> it makes no fucking sense yeah, yeah not at all i have a very exciting announcement to make. Yeah. Now, with Sophie. Yeah. Right now, her... I love Sophie. She seems great. Yeah. I'm very excited to see... She mm. was probably the only person who we actually got to see fully utilise her skill set. Yeah. Because everyone else, it was like very small snippets. You don't yeah. really get to see them in action, like, yeah. to fully understand Because they put them. so much in this, they didn't really show you a lot of it. Yeah. It's like, we got a million little snippets instead of, like, yeah. three actual yeah. chunks. But... Her, we got some slower scenes, thank yeah. fuck. And we actually got to see her run yeah. her... Con- and she's very good. She's she the good. only one who I'm like, oh, I understand that you are good. The others, I'm kind of like, I'm taking their word for it at the moment. 
She's also the only one who Nate picks. Yeah. The rest are all sort of assembled Assigned. for him. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, fuck, well, we can't do anything to Victor Dubinich looking like this because he knows exactly who we are. He yeah. hired us. So, yeah. like... No. So, I like her. The weird Shakespeare scene felt weird as an yeah. introduction. Like, I get they're playing it for, like, comedy, but I was... I, I didn't think it paid off, personally. Yeah. I feel like they could have done, like, anything else. <laughs> well, the whole point is, like... Her characterization is very much like she can only act if she's breaking the law. Like that yeah. is that is her acting skill is conditional. There has to be real stakes to her acting. Like it has to be sort of like she has to get in or to or out of the situation. Yeah. For her acting to be any good. Yeah. Like as soon as it's like low stakes, like she's just in a production or something, does yeah. not work. Like yeah. her acting is not something I think it's a really interesting choice because from a character analysis standpoint. Her acting being like a survival tactic yeah. is so fascinating to me. Mm. It's the same as like Elliot's fighting is a survival tactic. Like yeah. he doesn't fight because he loves fighting. Yeah. He fights because he needs to survive. I can't tell you about anything. Anything. <laughs> because like and like the pilot, like as much as I love the pilot, because it's like a cheesy mess of shit and I, I love that for it i can't tell you a whole bunch of shit that makes the pilot better you know what i mean like literally is, me with faith yeah or any of the other supernatural episodes that are mostly good because of foreshadowing i can't tell you a whole bunch of the things that make like the whole because the characterization while i don't love it in this first like pilot episode i think they're very much like it's like you watch any pilot episode of anything it's very stereotyped and very yeah it's before the actors have fallen into their comfortable niche of like who the character is it's also before like anyone on the production team gets to actually explore that themselves yeah like they don't really get to hammer out any of those details because the pilot is the pilot like they can't nothing else is confirmed if they don't get the pilot off the ground then there's no point doing the rest of the show and i also think it's very like for especially show like leverage where these characters don't know each other going into it. like they've heard rumors about each other because they're all professionals they all operate in similar circles yeah like i was talking about in the pre-thoughts but they've never met before at this stage okay so they don't know who each other are and they've all got their walls up mm. and that's one of the reasons why hardison is talking like that and why he's so it's all a shield like he can't just like dean yeah he is <laughs> using his fake bravado a because he is cocky and that is like a character trait that but also he's like amped it up to 100 because he doesn't know these people yeah and he's also the youngest yeah so it's a it's a survival tactic it's a survival protection mechanism yeah and i think it's really interesting looking at the characters for whom their way of life is survival versus the characters for whom it is not yeah because parker elliot and sophie all of them do this to survive right like, this is their... Hardison, it's not so much. And Nate, it's not so much. Like, okay. they... They're doing it for, like, the fun. Yeah. The drama of it all. Mm. Sure. Obviously, there are other factors that they're doing it for that you don't know yet. But, like, Elliot fights to survive. Yeah. Sophie, when she acts, she's acting to survive. Like, she wants to be an actress. That's what her goal is. But also, her acting skill is her survival mechanism. Yeah. And she struggles to be able to utilise it in a scenario that is not life or death. Right. And Parker is, like, obviously, like, 
tragic backstory. She has to steal things. To, like, that's all she's ever known. We did get a little bit sidetracked yes. as to what my original point was. Yep, sorry. Um, and why I was excited is because we get to see Sophie in her natural element. Yeah. And she's conning Victor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just love to point out another parallel between the pilot of Supernatural yeah. and the pilot of Leverage. Men are, Men are stupid and horny. Yeah. I am pleasantly surprised. The funniest thing is there's actually <laughs> an episode, not this season, it's a couple of seasons done, that uh, exemplifies that 200% more strongly than this one. <laughs> like, there's always, like, a little bit of an undercurrent of, like, men are stupid and horny. Like, just like there's always an undercurrent of, like, fuck the rich in Leverage. Like, I don't know if you started picking up on that vibe. We didn't talk about Sophie. Well, we talked about Sophie briefly. Did you have any other thoughts to add on to Sophie? Not really. Because like, we've talked about all the other main cast members. We I get the least like amount of time with Sophie because she's only introduced mid-episode. I feel like it's pretty obvious that there either used to be something going on with her and Nate. Mm. I assume that that is the case. Mm. Like, I assume well, they, they are... have sort of some sort of romantic entanglement yeah. at some point. And I assume that that's going to be something that is brought up again through the season because of this uh, scene with the like earpiece being yeah. weirdly tensionful, yeah, um, and entirely unnecessary. Yeah, she could have done that herself. Yeah, but the whole idea of Sophie as a character is she knows how to make other people do what she wants them to do. Like that's her entire thesis. That she knows what buttons to push. She knows how to get what she wants. What she wants out of people, like. She reads people. That's her entire job. Mm. Her entire job in this crew is to read people and give them just enough rope to hang themselves with. Like, that's mm. essentially what she does. Yeah. So it's really interesting that what she wanted, obviously from Nate, what she wanted wasn't for him to put in her earbud. What she wanted was a minute to speak to him. And this was the ploy she used to get it. I read it as, like, a she's trying to, like, spark the romance back, you know? Um. So I assume that that's going to be an angle they kind of go for i don't really know if i like it it feels unnecessary um and it seems like a terrible idea Mm -hmm. it's like you know how you shouldn't date someone you work with yeah like goes this is even worse Yeah. yeah um because then you open up the possibility of like a betrayal that could be more than just like your average betrayal it could be a uh you're gonna go to prison or maybe die kind of betrayal and, like, normal romantic betrayals are bad enough yeah. uh, <laughs> without the risk of death or imprisonment. Everything, any tension within the team has added stakes. Oh, absolutely. So it seems like a bad choice. I want to talk about a moment that I just, I, I really love and I want to mention it on the podcast because, like, it's my podcast, I can do what I want. <laughs> and that is the moment in which Nate goes... I know you weren't meant to make any copies. And Hudson goes, no, I promise that would be wrong. And then Nate just goes, show me your copies. What a brilliant way to establish a character dynamic of like Nate and Hudson. And I think one of the areas that Leverage really excels is in their character development. And like I've said found family a lot about this show. And like you've heard me and you're probably not really believing me at this point. No, I believe you. I just... You will not, not believe how quick they get there. See, you've said that a couple of times too. And it, it like it concerns me because one of the things that I really like about Supernatural and why yeah. it's my favourite show is because there's a lot of build-up which I think equates to a better payoff. Yeah. And so if all this stuff 
happens like if they're like a found family by like episode five I'm, i feel like i'm less likely to believe it yeah because it's like well you haven't earned it you know and like to be fair i haven't seen the show yeah so it might feel like they've earned it in that yeah. short amount of time yeah like one of the things like when i got to the end of this episode right and yeah. they all kind of do that thing where like they've all walked off their separate way and then it's one show only no on calls and it's like very obvious that that's complete bullshit and like they, none of them want to split up like they all yeah, had a fun time yeah and they all kind of come back together. And uh, watching it, I was like, I don't... I feel like that so much happened in the plot that, like, there is no way to feel the characters on more than, like, a surface-level kind of exposition yeah. sort of situation. And then because of that, I don't feel like they have enough of a connection by the end of the episode for them to actually suddenly believably want to continue working together. Yeah. Like... They don't have any emotional beats that show for, like, that kind of... You know, because people bond under pressure. Yeah. And, like, I could believe that. Yeah. But they don't actually show any emotional beats outside of the dead son thing. Yeah. And then that seems to be, like, its own separate kind of yeah. isolated plot. Mm-hmm. So, for me, I was watching it and I'm like, I get it, like, narratively. Yeah. But I don't believe it, you know, because I you haven't shown me why these people care. You sort of realize later on that a like a large chunk of the reason why they agreed to get work together was because they were overwhelmingly lonely. Like without exception, all of them were lonely. They're living in a world where they're in high risk environments. They can't trust anybody, and then they found this like team, this connection, and they work well together. Yeah, it, it's sort of like they all have a mutual hatred of this one person. <laughs> so like they sort of rally together around Nothing that. Brings people together better than hating something yeah. yeah so like because they were all screwed over by victor domenich yeah except for sophie sophie's there because of night there's like this whole thing of like they are bonded because they hate the same person yeah and then it's a bonus of like a they had a lot of fun working together and like that b they realized they could trust each other yeah because they've done it before and it didn't go badly and like they are all characters who work, like, they always work alone. That's what, they always work alone. And, like, I think there is an exception to that that you will find out about later on. Mm. But it is, A, a heartbreaking moment, and B, spoilers, so I can't (laughs) tell you. See, it's interesting because, like, obviously you have huge context and you, like, know that stuff. But for me, I was watching it and I was like, it kind of feels like the only reason they possibly want to work together again is because they saw how much money they made. Yeah. And, like, the the logic there is that they can pull better, bigger jobs if yeah. there's more of them. And also, like, that is some of the logic of them getting back together. Mm. There, there is reasons that they – some of them would be motivated by money. Sure. And, like, also a lot of them are, like, they've been doing this for so long. I think canonically, fun trivia fact, mm. the amount they made from this first job was like 32 million or some shit like that. Yeah. So they are set for lives. Yeah. So the reason they're working together isn't so much, oh, we could make so much more money, but if I retire, I don't know what I'm going to do. And that is something one of the, it, I forget who says it, but one of them at the very end scene, they go, like, this is go legit and buy an island. Money. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. I, so I think knowing that that's canonically how much money they got. I really hope Parker uses it to buy a bra. Because, like, I get it. That's just mm. expensive. Mm. But $32 million, you could buy, like, three bras for that. Also, Parker's <laughs> not really one that's actually, like... I don't think she's... She's motivated by money, but in a very different way to all of the other characters. Like, yeah. 
like they're all motivated by money to some extent like they're thieves like yeah. this show i think like you kind of forget it because it's like a fun and upbeat show yeah but like it also does not shy away from the fact that they are all criminals yeah they have all done bad shit in their pasts like yeah none of them are re- like the most innocent one is probably hardison mm. and that's because of his youth because of his youth oh quickly on hardison yep that final scene of the episode where they're talking to the uh, couple and the woman's just sobbing and they're talking about yeah. their dead daughter, I assume. Yeah. And they're, like, doing this very... Dramatic. Dramatic fucking... The, you want to know the funniest thing about that scene? It literally has no payoff. Like, I don't think they actually take that case. Because <laughs> they even put a name drop in that fucking scene. <laughs> yeah, but just because of the way they go into, like, the rest of the scene... I don't think that episode actually happens. Like, yeah. I don't think they actually take that case. Just based on, or like... maybe it's off screen. I think it's... I think it's just they didn't know how else to end the pilot, implying that it was going to happen again. Yeah. But, like, I don't think they actually end up taking that case. So it's just, like, a very dramatic scene for no reason. And, like, I kind of love it. Because it has a very iconic line in it of, like, corporations like that. They have yeah. all the money, they have all the power, we provide leverage. Like, it is the thesis statement for the entire season moving forward. Yeah. But also, like, I don't think that that's actually a case they take. I wanted to mention that scene, first of all, because of the ridiculously dramatic setup of it. It's so dry. It's, especially considering the rest of the episode has been very, like, insanely fast-paced and kind of And funny, cheesy. and then they, like, they, and then they, like, like try to make this, like, fucking it's CSI, yeah. like... Hardison is standing in the background and he looks good. Like everyone else is like doing some kind of power move and he is just like casually leaning with like his leg up. Yeah. Oh, oh, that boy looked good in that oh, just you. I was right. not paying attention to anything else. <laughs> just you right. And I think that scene is very brilliant, but it doesn't become brilliant until like seasons down the track. Yeah. So I can't tell you because, like, if spoilers. I was to tell you, it would be, like, not just, like, a minor spoiler, like, significant spoiler. Because that yeah. scene comes back in a very important way near the end of the season. Yeah. Like, the se- series. Like, yeah. it is something that is very important and I can't wait to get there because I think, oh, I can't even say it because yeah. then you'll know. And, like, I don't think you'd know, but I think, like, you... How does it feel to be in my position, Jamie? Great. I love it. <laughs> I love not being able to tell you jack shit and you just having to sit there having no idea and like you feeling crazy because you're like, what have I missed? And it's like, you haven't missed anything. You've only watched one episode, but also like the power of knowing the, the, the following five seasons. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I am very much looking for, I, I will give it this. I was so confused by <laughs> this episode that it did make me want to watch the next one purely to get some answers to find out what the fuck is going on like not because i enjoyed it but because i am so confused but look if that's the tactic they're going for then i can respect it so one beat that we haven't really talked about but in the warehouse right before the warehouse blows up when they're all going there because they didn't get paid yeah i think it's a really interesting character analysis moment to look at the way hardison holds the gun because it yeah. is immediately obvious to anyone who knows anything about guns, that is not how you hold a gun. If you want 
to fire that gun successfully and hit your target and you don't hold the gun like that. I think it's a really interesting contrast to Parker, who also shows up with a gun. But holding it correctly. But holding it correctly. And it really just demonstrates, like, for Hardison, he's a non-violent criminal. Like, yeah. all of his... All of his crimes are online. They're all digital. He's a hacker. He, like, steals passwords. He hacks into government databases. He gets information and sells it, essentially. Like, that's, yeah. that's what he does. Whereas Parker, it's heavily implied that, like, okay, she's not a hitter. Also, I will note while we're still talking a little bit about Elliot, I love his little glasses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the little ponytail. Elliot's little nerd costume. Hmm. Where he's wearing, like, the checkered shirt. And, I like, did the like the scene cargo where pack. he asked if... Uh, someone called for IT. Yeah. I did think that was cute. And Parker's customer service voice, like, spoke to me yeah. on a deep <laughs> level. I was like, yeah, she did that, right? Though I will say there was one shot. I absolutely love it, but it also, like, it drives me kind of insane where they use, like, the laser paste or whatever the fuck to open, like, to cut the hole in the window. I don't even know what oh, that's meant to be. I hate like, that because she drops, she just drops it. She just drops it. I literally I was like, babe, that could kill someone. Yeah. It's insane to me that she just drops it. Like, I'm like, I, and also, don't you think someone on the ground will might notice, notice that? that? Yeah, I like, thought that was an absurd choice. Too. Yeah, <laughs> and like the hard thing is because I love the shot of like Parker upside down with like the city lights in the background, and mm. I think that's a really cool shot. But then she just like she immediately drops it, and I'm like, yeah, what just a put choice it, to push make. it into the room. Like the fucking hole will fit. Yeah. <laughs> push it forward instead of pulling it back yeah. and then just like but yeah insane choice but I also like I really love the shot before it I I, I don't know it's but then there's like the shaky cam and the meeting with Duminich and I'm like that was that was a choice okay I think that does me for this episode are you I'm tapped out you're tapped out okay what would you on a scale of one to five what would you rate this episode I'd give it like a two you'd give it like a two you still gave it more than I gave the Supernatural I was Well, here's the thing. I quite genuinely, I was like, I would have given it a one and a half. But then I was like, well, it feels like I'm, it feels like I'm just saying it because you, you said, said it. it. Yeah. So I gave, I was like, well, I'm not going to dock it to a one. Yeah. So I was like, I'll give it a two. But like, honestly, like I would probably actually give it like a 1.5. Like I said to you before, I would watch another episode, but only because I'm so confused. Yeah. And then if I didn't get answers in the next episode, I'd be like, I don't care (laughs) enough to watch anymore. It's definitely not something that I would watch for me. It's something that I'll watch for you because I love you (laughs) and because, you know, it's, it makes for good podcast content, but, and it's like, it is fun to talk about in the same way that I'm sure Supernatural is fun for you to talk about, even if you don't actually like it. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's certainly not something that it hasn't piqued my interest. Yeah. In terms of, like, reasons that I would want to actually continue watching as a show. Yeah. If we were to be like, oh, no, fuck the podcast. We're moving on. Like, I would never watch another episode. I would never watch an episode again. And I wouldn't be inclined to. Yeah. And, like, that's fair. Because I'm much the same as Supernatural. Like, I think it's one of those things. It's almost like my roommate asked, oh, do you think you'll like it if you keep watching it? And I was, I said to her, I was like, honestly, I think it's like. Like, I will. If I keep watching it, I yeah. will because I will learn more and I will like But it's the just having will, the but it's just energy like, to continue. Yeah. And I was like, it's kind of like Stockholm Syndrome. But like, once you've spent enough time with it, you, you will like it. Even mm. if you never love it, mm. you'll get to a point where you're like, okay. Like, I can, I can understand. Like, I can enjoy it. Yeah. Like, you may not seek it out, mm. but you still are like, oh yeah, like, it was good. Yeah. Um, I can understand why other people are invested yeah. in it. 
And um, yeah, and so I feel like I'm at that point where I'm kind of like, I can see that, I can see the potential. If if I wasn't doing, like, watching it because of this, I would not continue to watch yeah. it. Off the, based solely on the pilot. Yeah. But knowing that I have to continue to watch it, I You're think, not, like, dreading watching more. No, You're just I'm not, not excited to watch more. I'm not dreading it. I just wouldn't choose to watch it in my spare time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I will go back and rewatch Supernatural. Yeah. I won't go back and rewatch Leverage. But in saying that, I think that's fair because it's exactly the same opinion yeah. that you have. So, but also, in like, reverse. neither of us know. We might... You might reach, like, season four or something and yeah, actually realize, exactly. like, oh, like, now I understand why Jamie thought the pilot's, like, pretty solid. Yeah, exactly. Because all of this stuff now explains why the pilot was the way it was. Yeah, and that's how I feel about yeah. like every time I say to you on our other pod like keep that in mind just like when once you've seen to yeah. the end of the Crypt area you're going to come back to season one and it's going to blow your mind like yeah just keep it in mind and yeah so I, I have a similar approach like I think I will end up liking it I think I will because you like it yeah. and I trust your your taste the number of books and other media and whatever yeah. that you've recommended to me and I've fallen in love with like I trust your judgment I just don't see it yet <laughs> okay Moving on, the next episode is called The Homecoming Job. Ooh. What do you think it's about? Uh, I think, okay, there's two There's two trains of thoughts immediately coming to mind. Yeah. Either it is about homecoming as is named in America, like essentially our formal. Yeah. Right? Like, so yeah, it's, yeah. like pep rallies and football and big game and oh. formal dance. And that's what it, homecoming is normally. Is that what like, homecoming is? I thought it was like the formal. Like Yeah, it, well. normally it's like the final football game. Like, I think it's, it's something about, like, school football and it's either the first home game or something of the season yeah. and they normally have, like, the big game and then there's, like, a dance oh, and shit to celebrate okay. it and yeah. that I'm sort just, of stuff. I was more thinking of, like, year 12 formal. Okay. But no, it's not, but like, but it's, like, it's typically a school-wide thing and there is it's normally like a school, a school dance. dance. Yeah. Okay, so Associated with homecoming, there is normally a school dance. Okay. So, I know nothing about America. Yeah. So. Evidence. <laughs> so, that is my first thought. My next thought is Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. I doubt that it's about that. No. My third... I can confirm for you that it's not about <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming, considering it was released like a decade before. <laughs> um, and my third thought is that it could be like one of the characters is returning home. Yeah. So like I'm, it's, I think that it's either named as Homecoming because of the relation to like the school dance or it's named that to get people to think about the school dance when in actual fact it is about one of the characters having to return to like yeah a, like their like hometown or like whatever and whatever that is however that is significant yeah that would be my like Spider-Man thing obviously yeah. I'm kidding but like the those two are the things that like actually I think it could be one of the two yeah I guess we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out I guess so doesn't it drive you insane? Not really. <laughs> Not really. This is less fun. I wanted you to be driven insane like I am. <laughs> uh, well, I don't like not knowing shit. Okay. I think that just about does us for this episode. If you want to interact with Bethany, you can find her over on Twitter at ThiefStillsPod. And, like, I think she's just really still confused about how Parker blew up her family. Like, let's... I am so fucking confused about Let's that. crowdsource some answers about how, like, a nine-year-old got, like, explosives. <laughs> Like, like, how? Like, do we think she, like, bought a bunch of chemicals somehow? Do we think she stole fireworks? Did she just, like, have the gas stove on and let the gas build up and then, like, lit a match? Like, <laughs> h- how did she explode the house? Yeah, no, I, I would love to know. She's but a baby. <laughs> 
Um, and if you're interested in chatting with Jamie over on Tumblr at Thief Steals the Podcast, I think it would be a fun time for her if you went and actually talked to her about the characters in a way that she can't talk to me about them yet. So how about you head over there and chuck her an ask with all of the characters ranked from your most to least favorite. I think that could, uh, spark some fun debates and discussion over Because, like, I have my ranking. Anyway, thank you so much for listening this week. We really hope to see you again next week. We really hope that maybe you didn't listen to Leverage before and you decided to follow us into a new podcasting space and you're now enjoying it. It is <laughs> batshit in all the best ways. Hopefully we'll see you all next week.